Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat, and on today's show, we are tackling the question of does every relationship need a CFO, and how do you even start merging your finances with your significant other? This is part two of our relationship roundtable with our special guests, Ollie and Luke. If you haven't listened to part one, stop right now, go back and listen to it first. This conversation is a little more casual than our usual episodes as we share each person's perspective on their journey of combining their money with someone else. In some parts of this episode, the sound isn't quite up to our usual standard, but we promise the banter is much, much better. So please enjoy part two of our Money and Relationships Roundtable as we dive back in to the discussion around setting goals as a couple. So, so did you guys think of some goals together? Have you kind of come to some agreements, I guess? Yeah, so I think the next goal would be moving overseas probably and just traveling. It would be the next thing. But we also – then this is where the conversation comes of because I will always remember a conversation that we had um, about like buying a house. It's great in theory, but if you don't sit down and figure out what the timeline is and when you're actually going to do that and how long it's going to take and how much it's going to cost, then is it even a goal? Like in my opinion, maybe not. Yeah. And so I, I guess that's the next step of what of after this. So that would be our immediate goal. But then we also kind of talked about a goal being to not necessarily buy property immediately and like the travel and the moving overseas was number one first and properties later because we don't feel this like immediate rush to have our property be the one um, all of our eggs in one basket. But it was a bit of a switch from where we had been thinking beforehand because we've had friends and family who around us are buying property, Mm. living the Kiwi dream. But for us, we had both kind of had a, a hesitancy but had kind of we could understand the math behind purchasing a house, getting the equity, getting in young. But we also know that it didn't really align with where we saw our future together. Yeah. Which looks like it's uh, still going strong. We'll see at the end of this. After this chat, yeah. <laughs> what about but that's you? so good though because, I mean, I guess the positive then of like having those discussions and combining your finances, right, is it's much easier when you feel like you've got someone else on board with that path rather than you two kind of independently thinking like, oh, I'm traveling this route alone. It's like yeah. actually now you've got someone that when the other person is feeling like, which will definitely happen, like, oh, I just saw this person buy a house or we're missing out, you have someone to remind you and be like, no, actually we're on this other path for a totally specific purpose and we're doing that for the reasons we discussed. Which is, yeah. I, to that, I found that, oh, this is a bit of a realisation today, mid-car park, uh, <laughs> hearing of yeah. truths, where I was sitting there and we talked about the kind of a desire for property ownership. And I sat there thinking that I had been running the numbers, doing the kind of look, looking at kind of what my options were, but I was looking as a single entity, as a kind of a solo purchaser, knowing that I could have tried to get in. But I had never really kind of actually thought, well, no, Christine's as much a part of us as me. Uh, she's going to have very uh, strict demands about where we live. Post- postcode matters. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, having to kind of flip the switch of being like, well, it's not, it's not you and I, it's us. Mm. And that was something that is 
it's an evolving thought process and it's uh it's a learnt, learnt learning process. Yeah, definitely. To think as a unit rather than an individual. Oh, yeah. Luke gets shitty with me when I refer to some of our assets as my assets. <laughs> and I'm like, it's it's just literally because they're in my name and I default to my portfolio or my shares. And he's like, ahem. <laughs> and so for you guys, what's a goal that you're working towards currently? Giving ourselves the flexibility to take the next year or two years a little bit more chill than I think we previously have because I think one thing that has really dawned on us from the last year is like you guys now, right, when we combined our finances and we had all these amazing um, things that we wanted to achieve and work towards and we were super goal-driven and really good with it, we just kept going and going and going and we're now, I guess, trying to have a purposeful break (laughs) and give yourself the permission to have some time off. And part of that, that we've talked about very strategically, but has also come about just from the fact that Luke lost his job was, you know, him losing his job was great in a sense, because we ended up spending a heap more time together than we ever had, which was a blessing in disguise. And it also made us realize that it would be a lot easier to start a family if our life was like that. I think if our life was Mm. how we were running it previously, we'd probably just get into this like stress over work cycle and that wouldn't be very good. So I guess our like financial goal around starting a family has been more kind of providing like cushion and downtime and the ability to be more flexible as opposed to, the usual cat and Luke, which would be like, let's go buy another house and do a reno and do a thing and like <laughs> do this and this and this. The block it's, and do. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wait, sorry, aren't you about to renovate your kitchen? <laughs> no, no, exactly. That, that, that's coming back to the, the financial perspective. Like wind back two years and I'm working, cat's working, and you're goal-driven and you're trying to achieve everything. You're coming into the start of 2020, which is Kat's year of making money, saving, investing. <laughs> Look Literally, how that worked out. That was, and then um, your perspective changes, and that's what I mean. Like an event changed it, which yeah. obviously I lost my job, um, but also mindset changed it in the fact that, um, you know, there's more important things to crushing your goals all the time. I all mean, the time. I mean, sometimes it's important. Yeah. All the goals. <laughs> no, the, the goals that we had, I think, was more importantly the point, like crushing the goals we had, we, we maybe just had the wrong goals. And now the goal is, is a family and being able to not work for a few months to enjoy that is is massive. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys say your, your goal was traveling. Me and Kat had that same goal. We were like, let's travel. Let's go live overseas. We decided to not do that and move to New Zealand. Um because our perspective changed, but yeah. I now look at you guys and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for us sitting on the other side, you know, like we decided to buy the house instead of travel and I regret that. But do I? I, I don't know. What's the right yeah. answer? No one really knows. So mm. I, I think whatever you want to do, it, it's the right choice and, and the travel thing. Yeah, I'm really jealous. Can I come? But I, I think it's a good point and that like it's okay to take a break and not be so stressed all the time about just mm. finances and money in general, right? Mm. Also an example of the last three weeks, Ollie and I have been house sitting and jumping around all over the place and I stopped investing. I'm taking a break from my pay yourself first and it's just exhausting to try to like live within X amount money of money. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I kind of I know that my life is our life is gonna be chaos for three weeks and that's fine. And now we're like, okay, time to get back on, on the road. Yeah. Kind of thing. 
So. And I never deviated, but it came. <laughs> but that yeah, came so that the, sums up our relationship. But it came at the expense of a, a lot of staring at a spreadsheet and kind of juggling upcoming birthdays and trips and expenses. So I, I definitely am learning a bit of a perspective from you, which has been it's an eye opener because mm. I've looked at it as everything as being quite black and white, but you're showing me the shades in between, which. I think on that, Ollie, like one of the things and on the whole chilling out your goals a little bit is I obviously used to just love my spreadsheet and would be almost be bored. Well, Luke could attest. Borderline obsessive? Uh, healthy obsessive. To a degree. Sometimes it was unhealthy. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. had to stay out working out the formulas that were wrong. <laughs> that you couldn't go to sleep and you were just, just gutted. They this away. literally happened the other night. But ironically, I have planned out, I guess, in my spreadsheet so many times because we are those people that have our goals fairly mapped out in advance but then don't always end up in the outcome in the way that you had planned out you would get there but the reason that you're there is the fact that you had the goal and the plan in the first place because if you didn't have the goal and if you didn't start kind of doing the steps along the way you wouldn't have the resources or the opportunity for it to even be a thing does that make sense I am the person that would say I wouldn't set goals and I'd still be in the same because that's you're just an eternal optimist <laughs> <laughs> like, I just I'm so happy things will be fine she'll be right this <laughs> glass is overflowing but, yeah. but that, 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 is. there's also that the point is that like you can look too seriously into the goals you can yeah. but they, they are important but this is what I'm trying to admit <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. do you think this old kind of spender versus saver in a relationship thing still stands true I don't think either of us are either or I think we're both of both we go through um, phases. Phases. We encourage each other's bad habits. Sometimes yeah. that would be, I guess, the only kind of downside of us both being spenderish. So a great example. I was just looking at this beautiful painting behind your head. <laughs> like I have a really deep desire and like I guess fascination with art, and it's probably my one weakness, particularly now that we have a house. And Luke, to his credit, and this has happened with a few things. I just said to you one day, like I really like this painting. Can we go look at it? And we went and looked at it, and you were like. Yeah, I think it's great. Buy it. And I'm like, what? It's $5,000. And you're like, buy it now. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the example of when we're both just on board and bend. But then also we do the total opposite of what you get on board with. It's important to... You have to have that right. Yes. (laughs) It's all about balance. You have to balance. And like I was, I think I said before, when my financial habits are not to be modeled, but I will walk through duty-free and buy the $100 bottle of whiskey, but I won't buy a pair of pants that I'll wear to work every day for the same price because I see enjoyment in the whiskey. Uh, the practicality side of it maybe doesn't appeal to me so much, but in the painting I saw that you, you know, that's something you enjoy, something that brings you pleasure. So why would you not buy it? And it's important. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes it's not so good. I feel like you guys, uh, what do you think? Well, I feel like Ollie is definitely the saver. But I'm also not sure if you'd be that. Oh, well, I guess you are a spender. Yeah. Okay. Wait. What? What are makes you, you think that I'm a spender? Give me an example. I, I think that you are just one of those people like me that is happy to spend good money on quality things that they value, and almost unapologetically so. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of like that with the art, where I, you know everyone that comes in is like, "Wow, your house is nice." I'm like, "Yeah, I spent some money, and exactly. I don't regret that." Exactly. <laughs> you don't have door handles on your kitchen. I know. <laughs> Look at our kitchen. Just look at the living room. I know. Guys, it's a confined area of beauty. 
I think you're the yeah. similar kind of thing, right? Where you're yeah. like, if I'm see value in something, I'm going to spend the money on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we were saying before, it's like the value to the cost, right? Of like, how many times am I going to wear this thing or enjoy the beauty of it? Or oh, So I, I have a kind of a, I guess a, a mental model that I've kind of looked at is I've gone through stages of frugality and cheapness and everything in between. So I, I've looked at kind of cost per wear and cost per replacement but it's for me it's really about it is the cost re- cost per replacement if i like a pair of jeans i'm going to buy the jeans because the cheaper pair aren't going to look good on me my bum's not going to look too tight <laughs> christine's not going to be a fan of that but you gotta I, quote that yeah, yeah yeah put it in writing but uh i i definitely think that it's it's i don't want to live a life where i'm counting every penny and kind of you know no no staying to the warehouse but buying the warehouse non-branded jeans that you know the stitching's already falling out but it's i I do see there's a a kind of a finite return a finite return on your money spent but at the same time you are a saver right and that comes from the fact that i've recently through the pleasure of meeting christine i've learned about investing and it's been i've i've found enjoyment in the education that's come from investing and everything in between so i while you don't view it as fun money, sometimes I do view it as fun money because I'm I'm learning and I'm kind of oh, experimenting. Investing so investing oh, yeah. money and I'm kind of, I feel like I'm, while I am doing work that's going to go to a, a future me, I do find the fun because it's I'm learning with a purpose. I'm kind of mm. looking at where my money's going. I'm learning about economies and mm. everything in between, but it's, it's a sliding scale yeah. and sometimes I slide far too far (laughs) yeah Yeah. and christine has to drag me back by the skin of my neck but so i leaned more more towards being a spender but then i think i'll err to the side of saving when i feel guilty about my spending because i'm like well need to rein it in kind of thing i think that's but then that is probably not a good habit in that it's driven by fear which guilt is built upon and regret of the purchase rather than just being happy with what i bought Should be my worst spending habit. Oh, oh yes. Okay, 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 okay. So, as I alluded to on the gram earlier this week, we have a bonus episode coming up at the end of this season. And the whole point of this bonus episode is to talk about some of the times when you just feel like you're the worst person in the world at managing money because everyone <laughs> has those moments. And Luke, you kindly offered to, I guess, just share a few, but also having been married to an ex-financial advisor for quite a few years now how do you feel like your money habits have changed and do you have some confessions you'd like to share (laughs) uh confessions money things that you did maybe prior to meeting me that you'd like (laughs) to remind the good people of the show of well i think well a good one when you first met me and you spied a lovely jacket in my cupboard that you were impressed with the quality of it was it. it's beautiful guys it's, beautiful. it's really lovely and you asked where i got it well this real story <laughs> is that i was walking home to my flat one day went into the shop to buy a shirt and i got so much cheek from the office assistant that i wouldn't be able to afford anything in the store i was like wow who are you and i tried on the first jacket which was an italian made imported wool jacket that cost 950 dollars, and i decided to buy it even though probably borderline didn't fit me, but 
I also decided not to wear it because it was too expensive. I know. So genuinely, I found it like five years later and it's worn, in, I've worn it once. It was in its plastic and everything in like pristine condition. It still had its, um, uh, the sewing in the pocket, <laughs> which I thought was part of the design. <laughs> so that was... Uh, it's now the only coat he's allowed to wear in winter because I'm like, cost per wear. We've got to get this number very low, very yeah. low. Um, what else? I... Spent my very first paycheck when I was 18 years old on a, um, a famous sports bet in the Rugby World Cup that was $2,000 on New Zealand to beat Australia 2003. I've never gambled $2,000. I've never even gambled more than It was a sure like- thing at the time. Spoken <laughs> <laughs> like a true addict. <laughs> that didn't come through. For nine months when we actually bought our house. No, it was just beforehand. So we were getting our paychecks in line for the approval for a house purchase. And one of them was um, to match your bank statements with your income. And I stated my income as per my contract. And the bank kindly told me that my paychecks didn't match my um, my salary. And I said, that can't be right. And I looked into it and I'd been underpaid for 11 months that I had not noticed. So the total was $22,000. That is so much money to 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 be under back. Yeah. 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 But, okay, this is my question, which I'm sure you guys are thinking. How did you not notice? Did you never log into your bank account? Habits. Just money in, money out. Habits die hard. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could live a life of money and money out. Like I actually think that's my almost ultimate. Like when I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So was it just that you, I guess, were paid enough to not have to worry about your spending? So then you never noticed that extra money. Yeah. Like missing. We worked at jobs where we earned good money out of out of. Well, our first sort of after studying was was fairly good, fly, like flying mm-hmm. um, in Australia was was good money, and yeah, we we earned enough money on the contracts we were on for a short time that we didn't really worry about um, sort of bills or anything like that. Um, the perspective at the time was good, and, and looking back, <laughs> it was yeah, it was kind of a bit unheard of now, but yeah. um, kind of crazy to think about. What's your biggest money regret from that time of your life? At times I said, I and a lot of us who were living in the same situation said we should have bought a house with instead of renting. But to be honest, one, the 22000 we'll continue that story. So the $22,000 I got from my, my payback, I decided to go on a trip overseas. And it ended up being, you know, I, I, I did a trip and... Uh, invested some of the money back in New Zealand and I wouldn't change that trip for anything because that ex- those experiences are, are worth a lot more than arguably what that investment has given me. Um, it's sort of the perspective of the whole thing is is interesting because the buying the house, which we all say we should have done, I, I don't know if that would be as amazing as the, the things we did, renting a house and all living together and, and those sorts of things you, you can't put a, a value on. So, mm-hmm. um you know, I laugh about it now, but it's, yeah, it does pain me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um, money mishaps, Ollie? I, I have a, a, f- a few. From when I first started studying, I definitely spent my share of student loan money that was coming in on trips to the pub and 
ill-fitting clothes because I thought I looked cool and skinny jeans and ill-fitting clothes were the style. I like and uh, <laughs> yeah, it turns out that um, I didn't look good. The money was wasted, and I'm paying it off to this day. You're still paying it back. Still paying it off. So am I. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my financial baggage. I think I I definitely took on a a level of insecurity from my parents in terms of financial kind of well-being, feeling secure in where my money was sitting. So I had a considerable amount of, considerable amount of money that I had been able to save through working part-time while studying and kind of odd scholarships and the like that I had accumulated. But I sat on it. So I basically missed one of uh, you know New Zealand's great kind of five-year returns in the share market where I had money sitting in a term deposit because I had to have this idea that I could pay my student loan off and move overseas at the, in a heartbeat. And that was something where I look back at it and I'm kind of like if I had maybe been a bit more active, I would be in a lot better position today. But also that security I think was quite an invaluable asset because it allowed me to pursue more more passions and I travelled and I did things at... But no like money disasters, really. No, nah, I was probably ones. I was probably the opposite, the yeah. opposite end of the spectrum where I was going sports bet to sport bet with different promo codes to try and get a free five dollar bet. <laughs> you were winning. Oh, I've never <laughs> won. Losing. I've never won. But I was yeah, definitely I probably put I probably put too much time into trying to save money. Oh, yeah. When I probably should have just bought a round of drinks with my friends and enjoyed the night. Mm. But that's a lesson that's slowly being learnt. Mm. So to wrap up, we're just going to each give one tip around money and relationships. Okay. Mine would be, and I've learned this the hard way from taking some feedback from Luke, is oftentimes when you're thinking about something to do with your joint finances, you've been thinking about it a lot more before you broach the topic with the other person. So it's a really good idea to either give them a heads up that you'd like to talk about this thing or not overthink it pre-having a discussion because then you come into the discussion, you know, all the way up here and they're still down here because you've just confronted them with the question for the first time. So making sure that you're broaching topics in a way where both of you are willing and able to have the conversation at that point in time and not overthinking it before doing that. I like that one. That's a great one. My tip would be to actually listen before speaking (laughs) to your partner so um it would be try to truly understand what is driving their decision making rather than just I do or don't want to do this so if it's struggling to let go of control or it's like wanting to be the provider there's often like values that underpin that or fear or something that maybe is the reason or the thing that needs to be addressed before you actually create the change that you're driving towards how about you, Lucas? <laughs> uh, my tip would be don't back the Orplex in the rugby world cup. <laughs> no, I think my tip would be no matter what your goals as a couple or individually are, it's important to remember that fast forward five or however many years and it's going to be okay. Like you look at our situation and as Kat said, the goals we had – nothing has played out the way we expected it to like drastically and we're still okay and that's the most important thing so don't get wound up in the detail 
because no matter what happens, it'll be fine. Love it. Love your work. How about you, Oliver? Uh, I'm going to say that my uh, my money tip here would be from someone who loved to have every asset, every dollar, every cent under control and knowing where I was standing financially, being in a relationship, I had to learn to kind of have a bit of give and take. And it's there, there were a few small testing times where I we were walking down the supermarket aisles and you grabbed a loaf of gluten-free bread. And then I looked at my bread and it was twice the price. And I kind of stood and I looked and I was like, that's the price of a coffee. Like I'm, I couldn't see what's bread is bread. And then you were kind of like, no, this is an important thing to me. And I kind of stood there and I was like, are we going to stand in the aisle of countdown arguing over gluten-free bread? <laughs> and uh, long story short, it turns out gluten-free bread is actually pretty nice. And I'm, I'm quite a fan. So I think that it was something where I, you know, we're, we've done a lot in terms of curbing big costs and knowing how we can set ourselves up for long-term financial kind of security and also a, a level of comfort in our relationship. But there's definitely been times where you're going to want to have free range chicken for your for your dinner and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to be like, it's twice the price, but you say it's healthy. I want to be healthy. Let's get it. So is your tip gluten-free bread is good? Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm a body of health right now. So <laughs> thank you, Christine. I think the timbers don't get hung up on the expensive items. Small the things don't always matter. Yeah. <laughs> and a roundabout story. Love it. Hey guys, that brings to a close season one of It's No Secret. We wanted to let you know that there are some really great Money Moments episodes and bonus features coming up in the next couple of weeks to tide you over to season two. We're also really excited to bring you some new things in season two, including some live podcasts, webinars, events, and more. So to make sure you keep up to date with that, hit follow or subscribe on any device that you're listening and jump over to Instagram at It's No Secret NZ and follow us over there. Look forward to chatting soon. See you next Tuesday.